Okay, let's try this out and see what happens. This is the voice memo app. Oh, jingle jangle jars in the vehicle is probably not a great idea, but you know, whatever. Whatever. So what's new? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get a call yesterday around three o'clock that uh, my daughter's vomited outside and I need to come and get her from the daycare. Okay, cool. Let's do it. I'm there for it. So I ran and she threw up six times before I got there in 50 minutes. And, and that was fun. And then we got her home and then she threw up every, I'm going to say 20 to 30 minutes for the next five hours. And Sarah and I swapped out. So she, she took the eight to midnight shift or eight to one shift. And I took the one to seven shift. And it was just, I'm going to go ahead and say sleep torture. It was just awful. Like, if you're out there and maybe you're a lesbian and you're like, mm, should we have kids? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Maybe you should enjoy your life as opposed to having children. Look, I'm, I'm mostly kidding, but after a night like that, I'm kind of serious. Sure, it's a midlife crisis. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course. That's what it is. I love my kids. I really do. I really do love them. Just sometimes... I, I really forget what it's like to not have them and to be happy. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So there's that. Uh, I've got some mailman stories I would like to share with you that aren't interesting or funny. So if you're interested in funny things, uh, you should turn this off. Okay. So I'm a mailman and I'm in the same area or I have been for three years now. And there's this thing that happens where... I just, you know, if you're retired, I see you almost every day or you see me and you may not know my name, but I will always smile and say good afternoon or good morning or whatever the case may be because I'm fucking folksy. I'm straight out of the 1950s. And if I'm your mailman, I will say hello and then not recognize you at any other point besides your front door. I have like some kind of weird facial blindness like unless you order 700 different things uh a week I don't remember you and if I do remember you more than likely it's because I don't like you but not all the time okay calm down so there's this uh very nice lady who you know she fights the battle of the leaves every year I think she just I don't want to throw out the term OCD because I don't think that's a fair term and I don't really even know what it means but what I do know is she does not like leaves on her lawn and she and her neighbor have these massive, massive trees. And every year I watch her like virtually vacuum her lawn. Like she's just, and I tease her about it. I'm like, you know, it's going to snow any second now. She's like, I just, I can't stand them on my lawn. And she's a very nice lady and she tips me regularly. Every Christmas she's given me some money and it's, you know, I remember that and it's very nice and it's a lost art. And if you're out there, and you have the means to slip your postie some money, small amount of money, not much, five or ten dollars, whatever. It's just a nice gesture to say, hey, thanks for tromping up my sidewalk every day. Even though I don't shovel a lot of the time, like I'm at, I'm at the stage now where I'm just like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Like we had a big dumping of snow right after it was minus 52 with the wind chill here. 
And since then, I'm like, no, I my knees hurt. I'm very tired. I am mentally exhausted from this horrible winter that would not end. And uh, I'm not coming up your fucking stairs anymore because uh, they're dangerous and stupid. So you figure it out. And it's the same fucking people every year. And I just hate everyone. So here's a tip for the average civilian, you know, shovel. And if you have five or ten dollars, then, you know, pass it along. It doesn't have to be much. It's the gesture that counts. And then maybe I will risk my shoulders and my knees and my back climbing up your shitty rounded steps. Maybe. Maybe for that I will. I can be bought. So anyway, this really nice woman who fights the battle of the leaves every year. And uh, in my brain, I'm like, man, I can't wait till I'm retired so I can pick something fucking stupid like that and obsess over it because I'll have time for that. And she's really nice. And one day I knocked on her door and she's she's like, you know, uh, in her pajamas, which I thought was odd because she's always done to the nine. Her hair is done. Her makeup is done. She just looks good. She's maybe, I don't know, somewhere between 60 and like 103. I can't fucking tell. And I knock on her door and she's in her jammies and I'm like, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, you know, I just had thyroid surgery. I have thyroid cancer. And I'm just like, oh, oh, no, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, shit, I sorry. Like, I hate that. I'm and my brain is frozen at this point. So I just like, I don't know what to say. And I'm like uncomfortable with the situation. So I'm just kind of like very slowly taking steps back because it's like, I know you kind of know me because you see me every day, but I don't know you and I don't know what's appropriate. Like what I want to say is, oh, oh my gosh, uh, like, is it cure? Like, is it treatable? Are you okay? Do you have help? Do you need someone to shovel your walk for you? Like, do you, do you have someone to help you? But what I really say is, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Are you okay? She said, oh, I'm much better. The surgery went well and I'm recovering well. And I was like, oh, okay. I hope, I hope you feel better. And she's like, okay, thank you. Have a good day. And I'm like, you too. Like, I don't fucking know. So when she tipped me out, I, I wrote in her card, uh, renewed health and happiness in the new, uh, new year. Happy holidays. Like, fuck. And then I think, oh, this poor woman, she's reaching out to me. And it occurred to me when she gave me the, the card with the money in it, there's two of them. I'm not seeing the same woman over and over. They're, they're sisters and they've got rhyming names, so I'm assuming they're twins. I had no fucking idea there were two of them. None. Zero. I thought she just wasn't wearing her wig that day that she told me about the thyroid cancer. So it's like, okay. Would she even want me to offer her help? Like, she doesn't know me. I'm a weirdo. Like, why am I putting myself in this category of friendship when clearly I work for her? And I didn't even know that there were two of them. That's just, like, one example of weird things that happened. Because I didn't know what to do. I wish someone would teach me how to behave in society because I don't get it. And then there's this other guy who... I'm a, the only reason I have allowed him to get away with this behavior with me is because I'm assuming he's gay. Well, what could he be doing? Nothing really. But there's been more than one occasion where I have come to his door and knocked on it. One time in the summer, I knocked on his door and he asked me to come around back. And I'm like, sure, that's what she said. And I go and knock on the back door and he comes out and he's wearing a shirt 
that ends somewhere, I'm going to guess a good half inch below his ball sack, which, you know, is a, is a generous, uh, generous measurement. Cause I can't, like, it's so short and he's not wearing any pants that I, I can't tell if he's wearing underwear. And I don't know why, but I was just like, I was just like, why would you fucking come to the door like that? Ever. And he's just like, oh, hi, honey. Oh, thank you so much. I've been waiting for that. And he's just in this little crop top with his fucking, I'm assuming, I'm hoping underwear on. I don't know. So I'm like, okay, Mr. Such and Such, you have a good day. Yeah, you too, honey. And I'm like, okay, don't call me honey. And I left. And then another time I went there and I knocked on his front door and he opened it. And he is only wearing um, orange bikini briefs, like the really high cut ones. And I'm just like okay what are we doing here like why why is this happening why are you coming to the door this way like I know you see me every day but we are not friends and even if we were no if we were friends in fact I would say Jim put some fucking pants on would you cover those nips like you're fucking 75 get your shit together I just I don't know I think I just ooh right? Just random fucking people. And there's this other guy. I need to make up a good last name for him. Uh, his name is, we'll say, I already used Mr. Jones. What's another stupid name? Uh, Mr. Mr. Wilson. Hey, that's a good one. Mr. Wilson. That only took 45 minutes. I'm sorry. I think I slept about an hour and a half all night last night. And between the fucking dog who just cost me another uh, $1,200 because his, uh, tooth, uh, disease or whatever. Oh, fuck. What a story, man. It, I kept looking at him and I'm like, did that tooth always hang outside of his lip? Like his bottom canine? And I think, yeah, maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe it did. And then I tried brushing his teeth and he wouldn't let me brush. And then I made an appointment for the vet. And I thought, well, maybe he's just sensitive. Maybe I've changed toothbrush. Maybe, maybe, maybe. He goes to the vet and sure enough, it's loose and he need, it needs to come out. So yada, yada, yada. Fuck that dog's expensive. Does anyone want a dog that shits in the house? Anybody at all? Anyone? And it's, I don't know what his fucking problem is. And I've outsmarted him in one way because I got him these belly bands. So if he does decide to pee in my house, he pees in the belly band and not in my carpet. Thank you very much. But he will like go outside, bark at an airplane or, you know, absolutely nothing for seven seconds and come right back in go upstairs, shit on the carpet, and come down like nothing's happened. Yeah, thanks, Max. You're fucking awesome. You are fucking awesome. Anyway, next subject. So Mr. Wilson is very nice. The first year on this route, uh, he tracked me down, and he's like, oh, hey, um, I'm Mr. Wilson. I live at 123 Sesame Street. Uh, here's an envelope for you, and there's also an envelope for Ian the guy that was there the six months before me. And he's like, they're both the same. Just pick one. And I was like, okay, sure. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you to think of us. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. You deserve it. And I was like, okay, have a good day. And cause I didn't really know anyone. I had only been there for six months or so. And I give one to Ian and one to myself. And he's, he's like, he opened the envelope. And he's like, did you get, what did you get? And I'm like, I got 50 bucks. Like you got 50 bucks too. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, because 50 bucks is a lot of fucking money. If you're going to tip someone out, 50 bucks for a mailman is fucking insane. Insane. So 
I'm like, okay, cool. So the next year, uh, Mr. Wilson again leaves his envelope out. And, uh, you know, I always write thank you cards. I think it's important when somebody is thanking you for some reason in our society, you have to thank them right back. And uh, I did. And the next year, Mr. Wilson gave me $150. Cash, 50s. Uh, I'm like, I don't... I'm going to go ahead and say I don't deserve that much money because that's a lot of money to give anyone at all. And he it's not even like he orders anything. He gets mail once every four business days or so, I'm going to guess. It's like a hydro bill. It's a Shaw bill. It's nothing. He doesn't order packages. He's just a really nice old man. So this year... Uh, I had a particularly rough fall because my mom's health was uh, terrible and there was an incident that I haven't talked to you about yet. And I kind of just, I don't know if I want to right now, just very briefly, she was in the hospital. They were treating her. They had some lung specialists come in because her oxygen was really low. Remember they wanted to send her home on room oxygen or sorry, on, on an oxygen machine. So they have this, I'm just going to pull over for a second because I don't want to go home and uh, I just want to avoid my family for an extra five minutes so I can tell you this story. Uh, So they had this lung specialist come and they switch up her Lasix because she needs the Lasix because her heart, pardon me, whatever disease she has, this congestive heart failure, it makes her heart fuck up. So it fills her lungs with fluid. So they changed the Lasix. So hoping that would take some of the strain off her lungs and make her lungs open up a bit better, yada, yada. And um I usually sleep with my ringer off because I just don't want people to like I go to sleep fucking crazy early uh because I'm old and it's cold <laughs> poet didn't know it and I just need a lot of sleep and half the time Stella will wake us up in the nighttime and if there's a chance that Stella will sleep all night I don't want somebody fucking texting me a meme at 10:30 at night because it will wake me up and it's like too much so I usually sleep with my ringer off Now, it's about 3.30 in the morning, and there's a knock at my door, and the dog is going ballistic. And I'm just like, oh, fuck, what's going on? So I look at my phone, phone call after phone call. My sister tried calling me like seven times. She's texting me. We need to go to the hospital. I'm coming to your house. I am at your door. Knock, knock, knock. And I'm just like, what the fuck? So I get up. I get changed. I brush my teeth. We drive to the hospital, and we get there, and my mom is in the ICU. And holy fuck. So what happened was... um. I was there earlier in the afternoon and I said to the nurse, she's kind of breathing hard. And they're like, oh, we checked her vitals. She looks good. Her heart, her lung is clear. Her lungs are clear. They don't sound wet. Don't worry about it. But I should have known something was fishy because she was breathing really hard. And at one point she, I've never, I haven't seen her move this fast in about a year. She sat up and she's like, what looks at me? And she was totally startled. And she's like, what are you doing here still? And I'm like, I don't know, watching you sleep. And she started laughing. She's like, I had this dream. Uh, that I was boiling pasta and I could smell it and I knew it was cooked. So I had to go turn the pot off and she's just laughing because it was like so ridiculous. It was such a vivid dream that she was like on it, you know? So that happened earlier in the day. And then my sister went and she told the nurse, she's like, she looks like she's breathing a little bit hard. And the nurse is like, oh, we took her vitals. She's fine. Yada, yada. So now it's four o'clock in the morning and it's not fine anymore. Uh, they called a code blue on her because someone went to check at her, check on her at like three or four in the morning. And she was just a fucking mess. Like, and she didn't, she didn't look good. Okay. So we get there and I know that these doctors are, they have to be impartial. Like if they think of everyone as someone's something, 
they're going to have a very difficult job to be. They've, to do, they've got to be kind of impartial. So um, not Janice went home and it's just Janice and I staying there because that's the time I could stay was during the whole day because this was like, I think, it's a Saturday or Sunday, I don't remember. And the doctor's coming through. They're like, oh, the prognosis isn't good. Her, kid, her kidney output isn't good. The Lasix aren't working. Um, and then this other doctor who just, she just looked like she was in the UFC. Like she had a ponytail and was really bouncy and like super, she looked like a fit little machine. And she's like, yeah, I think we're going to have to in, intubate her, like put her on a vent. And I just looked at her. I'm like, why would you have to do that? Well, she could aspirate cause they had that BiPAP mask on her, which just forces oxygen into your lungs to open it up. It's not, it wasn't new to her. Like she had had that done two other times. I think at that point. She's like, yeah, we're going to like, we just put tubes down her throat to make it easier for her body to give it easier to breathe. And I'm like, holy, fu-. I'm just like, holy fuck. Cause like every other time the situation has arisen, they've given her Lasix, she pees the water out and then she rebounds relatively quickly, like a couple of days. Right. And this chick's all fucking gung ho. And I'm, I'm just like in shock. And they're like, do, does she have a DNR? Like a do not resuscitate? And I was like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do. And then, um, I just, I, it, I had to deal with, the, you know, I, I know my mom is going to die. You don't have to tell me that. I know that. It's just, it's a fact of life. And it's just hard when you're faced with it. And I love my mom. Like, she's a fucking pain in the ass. And she's annoying and she's insulting. And she can be a little bit mean, but she's mine. And she can also be totally loving and generous and kind with her time and her toenail clippings. And, you know, she lets me do that shit for her. So I, I struggled and it was hard and it made me want to throw myself out of a window. And then they're like, well, how was her summer? What, like, how did she do? And then I just couldn't talk. It was like my throat closed up and I'm just fucking weeping without making any noise. And I was just like, I just, all I could do was shrug my shoulders, but Janice had her shit together and she's like, oh, she had a great summer. She tended to the garden. She walked around outside and I'm like, yeah, you know, she plays with her grandkids. Cause it's like, how do I justify my mom's life to you like how do I sum it up you know yes she's worth trying for yes we want her to recover you know like she could still have a good quality of life it's still possible and so the head doctor's like let's hold off on the vent and all this shit and I'm just like he's like well you guys should be prepared you know this might not go well this time the disease is progressing like her heart might not snap out of it this time and all this shit and for someone who didn't want to talk about this I'm just talking about it so, yeah, I don't know how to explain to you how much that sucked. Maybe you already know how much that sucked, but um, it was very difficult. Like I, the way they were talking, it sounded like she was going to pass in the next couple days. And it was hard. It was just that heart achy, stab you in the gut, uh, nauseated, exhausted, terrible feeling, which I hope you guys don't have to deal with for a very long time, if at ever or at all. And then. I hear that little punchy doctor. She's like, yeah, I vented like six people last week and two of them were children. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. Do you get paid by the fucking tube? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> she just was like tube happy. Oh, I vented. Yeah. And two of them were children. Wow. Stop venting people. Like, did you need to? Or was it just for fun? Because my mom didn't need a vent and that's terrifying. And that's cool. Whatever. Anyway, my mom is at home. Everything is fine everything is fine. That was just a hard time. That Christmas uh, was very difficult. And uh, it was a tough December, but the Christmas itself, I shouldn't say it was difficult because we celebrated. We had a great time. We, no one was sick. 
we all drank the wine I made and we ate Chinese food and we told stupid stories and we joked around. And I know this is going to sound fucking crazy because I know that things like this sound fucking crazy. And if I were you, I'd be like, because, you know, maybe you're an atheist. Maybe you're a realist. Maybe you don't believe in stupid shit. But while we were having a good time and you know, I really enjoyed it because I don't know what next Christmas is going to bring. I have no idea. So we had a great time and we're drinking. And then one of the lights uh, above the fireplace, like track lighting, it's like a fucking 90 cents track lighting. I'm so sorry. And it just, it flickered for about 10 seconds in a row, just kind of flickered, turned off, turned back on, turned off. Like, you, okay, I don't have to explain a flickering light to you. I, I don't know why I did that. And I like to believe that that was my dad saying, oh, great, you guys are having a good time. You made the wine. The wine is good. You're enjoying everybody's company and talking. And even even Janice came upstairs and hung out with us and uh, Malcolm was teaching her karate. It was just it was just one of those moments where you stop and you soak it in and you think, I am going to cherish this memory. No one fought. It was just such a great time. And the light flickered and you're probably an atheist and you're like, yeah, maybe Maybe that light bulb's going to burn out any second. Maybe the electric electricity was kind of funny. Like, why? But I, it gives me comfort, so let me have it, I guess I'm thinking. Because in the end, I don't know. No one knows. Why? What was the point of me telling you this? The point was Mr. Wilson, Mr. Giant Tipper Wilson. So I'd had a real shitty time. I was in, uh, I'm going to say, a really dark place. I was very depressed. And there was no hope to be found. I am really in debt right now. And most of it is from the fucking dog in my mom's house. Like, I don't know where I accumulated the debt from. It's just, you know, the exterminator at her house. is just groceries, endless litany of dumb shit. I just had to buy her a dryer because her dryer went. And it's like, whatever, I'll, I'll be broke till I'm dead. And I really just didn't know how I was going to afford anything for anyone for Christmas that wasn't going to add to my credit card debt. And then there's Mr. Wilson. How do I describe Mr. Wilson? He is an older gentleman, as most of them are, because no one young tips anyone outside of shitty restaurants. And he lives alone, I think. And he's just very nice. He's not overly chatty. He doesn't seek me out. Just if he's outside, I'm outside. We talk or whatever, but nothing long. He spends his summers at some cabin of some place that I don't really know. So I go to Mr. Wilson's mailbox. I'm going to make this short because I'm running out of time. It's very hot in here. Uh, and I grabbed the envelope that he left me and uh, I went back to my truck and I put the envelope in my pants and I totally forgot about it in my pants, not in my pants, in my pants pocket. I totally forgot about it. I got home rushing around. Malcolm had karate. We had to go. And Sarah's like, what's in your pocket? Did you bring mail home? And I'm like, no, stupid. Because why would I ever fucking do that? I opened the envelope. I opened the card and I was just slack jawed absolutely slack-jawed. I could not believe how much fucking money he gave me. How much do you think he left me? How much? More. More than that. More than that. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to tell you. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Wouldn't that be absolutely fucking hilarious if I just didn't tell you? That would make me so fucking mad if I listened to a podcast and they're talking on and on and on and on and on about this and that and it's like, I'll just keep them in suspense on the next episode. Just kidding. I will tell you, it was $500 in 50s. 
and I almost shit my fucking pants. Why would anyone, like, does he know I'm not his hooker? Like, did he give me the hooker envelope by accident? Because a hooker, okay, they deserve a $500 Christmas bonus. I am a terrible mailman. And I felt really weird about it. I'm texting around, I, like, not to a thousand people, not to brag. But I texted my supervisor, who I'm friends with. His kids go to the same daycare. And I was like, what do you think about this? And I texted Sugar. What do you think about this? And she's like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. Holy shit. She said, you got $500 in 50s. And I'm like, fuck, yes, I did. What do I do now? Because most of you would be like, sweet, fuck this guy. But I'm like, recovering Catholic. I have guilt. I feel bad about everything. Why would he give me this much money? Does he know he gave me this much money? Like, he's older, but he seems with it, like, Is he like having some kind of dysfunction where he just accidentally put a whole bunch of money in there? Did he give me the wrong envelope? Did he give me the hooker money? Like, what do I do? So I talked it over with my supervisor and he said, if he gave it to you, then I'm like, is it okay if I go knock on his door? Can I go knock on his door to make sure he's like, yeah, sure. If you want to do that, give him the opportunity to take it back. And if he doesn't want to, it's yours. So I go, I felt really weird about it. I go and knock on the door and the money is in my pocket. And I say, hi, Mr. Wilson. And he's like, hi, how are you? And I said, did you by chance give me the wrong envelope yesterday or envelope, depending on, and he said, no. And I'm like, are you sure? And he said, yeah. I'm like, are you aware of like how much money was in there? Did you miscount perhaps? He's like, no, I know exactly what was in there. And that's what I want you to have. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, I want you to have that money and you enjoy it. And I said, thank you very much. I had some feelings and I was like, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's been a very difficult year for my family and I, and uh, I really appreciate your generosity. It was just really nice. Sometimes you're just down in the dumps and you feel like a piece of shit and your life feels uh, somehow very small and very compact, like the walls are going to crush you. And someone you don't really even fucking know shows up and makes you feel like there's good in the world still. Like, he didn't have to do that. There's no way he had to do that. Like, I would have been happy with dollar store fucking chocolate. That would have been more than enough. But he saved the Christmas for my family. Otherwise, uh, we'd all be getting lumps of coal. So this one goes out to Mr. Wilson. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, okay. Anyway. Okay, so I'm going to cobble this together. I'm going to try to put a song by Sella, or maybe a couple, at the end of this episode. Because, um, God bless her. She's a, she's a headlocking, savage little queen. She deserves some airtime. <sighs> changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. Uh, po- uh, com. You can find the Amazon links for the Canadian store, for the American store. You can find a donate button. Try and match Mr. Wilson, I dare you. <laughs> Just kidding, that will never happen. I can't, I still can't believe that even happened to me. And um, iTunes reviews, leave one. Come on, what do you got to lose? Those are free and they mean a lot. They motivate me, make me feel good. Does anyone want a fucking dog? Does anyone want a fucking dog? Please, somebody take this fucking dog. Okay, all right. Thanks for talking to me. I want you to know I care about you very much. And I just went through a mentally exhaustive uh, Costco trip, and I decided to talk to you guys on the way home. So if that's not love, I don't know what is. Not like Mr. Wilson cares about me, apparently. Oh, God. <laughs>